welcome to the Heal Trauma Bonding Show, the place for relationship empowerment and actionable tools so you can let go of old wounds and create a happy, loving relationship. Whether you're single, married, divorced, or anything in between, set yourself up for relationship success. I'm Dr. Sarah, expert clinical psychologist and consultant, helping business leaders and entrepreneurs to feel more connected and whole. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Today, I'm going to be talking about a question that I get asked a lot by clients, but they don't even realize that they're asking me this. And that question is, am I attached or am I connected? And there's a huge difference between the two. And it's something that people don't really realize, but I would argue that this is a significant metric with regards to how healthy your relationship is. So let's dig in. What are we talking about here? Well, when we're talking about attachments, people have become so familiar with the term attachments. They've become very familiar with their relational attachment style. So we've got secure attachment, whereby the person feels that they're good enough, that they're worthy of love. They trust other people. They feel safe with other people. And they're able to do things like hold boundaries, communicate needs, process emotions, show empathy. And so they're very much in a healthy state. With that, they're also able to create healthy bonds or healthy attachments. And so if other people approach them who didn't have a healthy bond or didn't have a healthy relationship or attachment style, then they're more than happy to walk away because it doesn't quite marry up to their template or their way of being. It doesn't match their bonding style. However, when we're talking about insecurely attached people, so we have got people who are anxiously attached, they're people who are really worried about how good enough they are, they work really, really hard to please the other person, but they're always on edge because they're frightened that they'll be rejected if they they miss the mark. We've also got people who are avoidantly attached and they're people who aren't sure how much they can trust other people and so they really work hard to maintain a distance. And then we've got people who are disorganised and people who are disorganised attached, they have a mix between the anxious and the avoidant. So it's, it's a bit of a mix between the two. And with those three insecurely attached individuals, the way that they bond towards other people is based on the lack of safety. So if you're looking at the core for the attachment styles, both secure and insecure, what is happening under the surface, the the premise of any attachment style is this question of how safe do I feel? And so how it develops and why it develops is really down to evolution. So our brain is wired to keep us safe, period. That is it. That is the main job of our brain is to keep us safe and keep us surviving. And so when it detects that the environment is safe, that other people are safe, then it feels safe to allow us to fulfill our lives. However, if we feel unsafe, we're still creating a bond with that lack of safety with the people who make us feel unsafe. And guess what? Those attachments 
aren't healthy and what happens is that they become neurologically imprinted so we literally have this network inside of our brain that is looping around constantly in a cycle repeating itself again and again and again saying I'm not safe other people are not safe I need to do something about it in order to gain safety and it is constantly repeating itself in that pattern and although in a way it's important that we've been able to develop that, it is also problematic because it's really hard to break and it's really hard to shift and to go into a different direction. So understanding our attachment style is important and it is helpful to a degree, but it's not sufficient because it doesn't actually tell us where it is that we need to or want to go to. It simply tells us this is how we relate to people, this is what we've learned historically, and this is how it's become imprinted neurologically, somatically, emotionally, viscerally. And so when I get asked this question of, am I attached or am I connected? It comes up in different ways. So it might be things like, I really love this person. Am I really in love with this person? I think I'm in love with this person. Oh, but then, you know, sometimes I just don't even know if I want this person anymore. Oh, I feel like I have to work so, so hard and I feel like I'm so distant. I don't even feel like that my partner really pays that much attention to me. And you can kind of see they kind of go on and on and on in in different ways. On one hand, they have love, they have affection, they have care. But on the other hand, they also have distance, they have disconnect, and they're not even entirely sure about the relationship as a whole. So there's a lot of conflict there, there's a lot of contradiction, and they're simply feeling lost. But they're still remaining in that pattern, they're still remaining in that situation, in the relationship, and they don't know why. They can't tell me what it is necessarily that's keeping them there. And so it it kind of feels a little bit abstract and it feels confusing, it feels contradictory and it's it's all really muddled and it's so vague and it's so foggy. So really when we're talking about attachment styles, it is based on how safe do I feel and it's also created based on the sense of safety or lack of. However, when I'm talking about creating attachments, well, guess what? We create attachments with anything and everything. So as much as I'm talking about attachment styles interpersonally, what comes up in relationships, guess what? We create attachments with absolutely every single thing around us. So for example, that car that you own or the house that you live in, you're attached to those things or the job that you have, the money that enters your bank account. Again, you're attached to those things. Your friends, you're attached to them. Anything that you come across that is external to your body, you form an attachment to that, whether it's a good attachment or a negative attachment. So you, for example, may be very, very grateful for the place that you live in and you show a lot of gratitude, you have a lot of affection, you have a lot of love and you can genuinely feel that and you feel that every single day. Or you might have an unhealthy attachment. So for example, you might be absolutely obsessed with your car and you're so, so latching onto it. You love your car with all 
of your being. However, if you get in a car accident or if your car is written off or something happens, it gets a minor scratch, then how devastated would you be? It's almost like your world comes crumbling down, even though realistically it's the car that just gets you from A to B. And so we form attachments with anything and everything regardless of the genuine significance that it would have to our life. And so we don't necessarily see it as as being functional or providing something for us, but we actually create more meaning in that thing than what it really is. And we can almost do that as well within relationships, that actually we create more meaning in a relationship with somebody than what the truth is. It's like that car. We might glorify that car thinking it's the best thing ever, whereas in actual fact, it still gets us from A to B like any other car. And if it gets damaged or if it injures us or if it's too expensive and we can't afford it, but yet we still keep it because, hey ho, we think that it's the best thing ever, then again, these are really unhealthy things that are a consequence out of the attachment. But we attach to these things based on safety or lack of. Interestingly, so uh, for example, I, I know I've been talking about a car quite a lot here, but let's say with a car, we may form that attachment and, and be really, really hooked into the car because we feel like that car, the brand, the make, the model would really be reflective of our worth. And so we end up spending so, so much money, so much energy, so much time, so much of our soul in this vehicle because we believe that it represents something that's deeper inside of us that we feel really unsafe and insecure about. So if I feel like I'm not good enough and I'm trying really hard to prove my worth or keep up with the Joneses or make sure that other people around me see that I'm doing well and maybe get praise from other people, then guess what? I might be latching onto that car, but the latching on, the attachment is actually based on the feeling of not being so safe inside myself feeling really, really insecure. And it's actually a mirrored process within the relationship. So I might be really latching on to somebody and I'm latching onto them simply because I have this huge sense of unsafety. I have this huge sense of insecurity inside of me and I don't know how to deal with that. I don't know how to navigate that. And so I'm constantly in this turmoil. And when we're really thinking about attachments, we can see how unhealthy they become. And also the object of the attachment really starts to have control and power over us without us necessarily even intending to give our power or control away. So for example, if you think about you being anxiously attached as as an example, when you're anxiously attached, you're working so, so hard to please your partner who might be avoidantly attached, but by the very virtue that you're working so hard to please them, you're automatically giving your partner a hell of a lot of power there and a lot of control because you're putting them up on a pedestal as if there's somebody really important and that you should forever work to please this individual. And so in that moment, you can see that there's this shift of power and control that you've literally given your control and power away because they are the object of your attachment. So whatever it is that we get attached to, that ultimately takes and steals your power. However, when we're talking about connection, 
let's go to the healthy side. Connection is really with regards to us maintaining ownership over our power, us really maintaining control in terms of how it is that we feel about ourselves. And it's really this uh, principle, and I talk a lot to people about this, but if you were to imagine the fact that when you were born into this world, you were born all on your own. And when you leave this world, you are leaving on your own. And so what that really suggests is that throughout life, we have lots of different experiences and people come and go, things come and go, emotions, thoughts, expressions, behaviors, all of these things pass. We all experience them, but we are simply observers of life because when we enter, we enter on our own. And when we leave, we're going to be leaving on our own as well. And so we are here to connect with what is meaningful for us, what is important for us, what actually nurtures us, us and what actually gives us what it is that we desire, what it is that we value. All of these things are incredibly important, but we're doing this really from a space where we actually start to develop security within ourselves. So then we can pick and choose what it is that we would like to connect to. And if we come across something that feels unhealthy, that feels really potentially damaging, then we're okay to practice non-attachment. And non-attachment would be, I see you, but this is not something that's necessarily aligned to my purpose, to my being. And so I'm choosing to connect with something else. And so when you're connecting with your partner, it's really about connecting to their depth. It's really connecting to their being, to their values, to their characteristics and seeing how do I actually feel about those values and characteristics or looking at my partner from an external perspective? How do I actually feel about this? For instance, if I was watching my partner on a TV screen and I wasn't in the picture, how would I feel about this individual looking at them? And if it's a good feeling, then potentially that's somebody who I would like to connect with. And that's actually a direction that I would want to go down. But if I'm watching and I actually look at it from an observer's perspective and I feel uncomfortable or it's not quite aligned with my values, with my purpose, with what it is that I want and desire, then it might not necessarily be something that I would like to connect with or it might be something that I would want to move away from. And that's okay as well because connection is really about understanding that the true power lies within you, that you are your forever home and you are autonomous on your own. You are your own very being. And so that really is the thing that holds all the power. Another primary difference is that when we're connected, we are really watching the other person. We're really watching our partner and we are recognizing their qualities. And we're also recognizing that their qualities or that their interests may be really different to ours. And we embrace them for that. So for example, they may be very different in the sense that they are very creative, that they are very talkative, that they love to go out to socialize, to interact with every single person in the room. Whereas you 
may be an introvert, you may keep yourself to yourself, you may shy away, you might uh, struggle really with conversations with strangers, but actually you're observing your partner, you're observing that they have all of these different traits and even though they are not the same as you and you don't quite align in that sense, but actually you love them for who they are, you respect how they are and you're able to connect with who they are and value their characteristics as they are separate. You're not necessarily trying to convince them to come over to your camp and say, hey, you know what, I would rather that you uh, didn't interact too much with other people because it makes me feel uncomfortable and I feel like I have to say something and I have pressure to perform just like you because that's not what connection would be about. Actually, that would be more in the realm of attachment. The moment that we start to latch onto our partner and we're almost trying to adjust our partner to behave in a similar way to how it is that we behave. We're almost trying to create them and and mold them in a level that feels comfortable towards us. And the reason why we might do that is guess what, I'm going back to safety, right? Uh, The reason why, for example, with that um, couple that I just referred to, if one person is an extrovert and they're always uh, socialising, talking to lots of people, and then you might be more of an introvert, and you're wanting your extrovert partner to quieten down, let's say, or even if it was vice versa and your partner was the introvert, you were the extrovert and you wanted them to speak up more, let's say that was the case, well, Either way, the reason why you want your partner to change or try out something different isn't necessarily because you're connecting with them how they are, who they are, what they are that very moment, just in their natural being in natural state, but actually you're almost wanting them to shift and change into mold and adjust based on how you are and based on what you perceive to feel safe. And with that, comes a lot of complications, right? Because you're suggesting between the lines that how your partner is, isn't sufficient and vice versa. They're also between the lines suggesting that how you are isn't good enough either. And so you're both expected to change. You're both expected to up your game, to to adjust and to mold to however it is that your partner wants you to be. But all of this is based on unhealthy attachment, unhealthy bonds of what it is that we expect. And again, this is all based on feeling unsafe. One person feeling unsafe that their partner isn't necessarily behaving in the way that they would hope or expect. And so they work harder and harder to try and get their partner on side but actually that doesn't necessarily work and so things fall apart because you're not connected. So when I was talking at the very start about how connection is arguably the most important health measure for a relationship, it truly is because then we can really see from an observer's stance, from an objective standpoint, how do I feel about this individual's character and can I connect with them? Can I love them just how they are without putting my shadow or my influence or my impact on them? And I absolutely love to hear your thoughts and feedback on this episode. So if you ever want to get in touch, my details are in the show notes below. And until next time, take care. 
If you like this show, please do me three solids. First, share it with a friend, because if you found it helpful, I bet you that one of your friends will do too. Second, subscribe so that you never get to miss an episode. And third, please rate the show to help other people find life-changing content. I'm on a mission to help as many people as possible have a healthy and fulfilling relationship. So please help me in my mission.